Welcome to Gov Innovator. I'm Andy Feldman. Our focus today is an overview of Statistics New Zealand. Our guest is one of its leaders, Kelvin Watson. Here's a clip. We often talk about this as data-driven decision-making. So it's about actually putting data in the hands of decision-makers so that they know that they're making decisions based on really robust data. Statistics New Zealand is the government department of New Zealand charged with collecting and producing statistical information. It's known as a leader in terms of linking data from different data sets in order to enable research and insights into important and complex policy challenges with the goal of improving outcomes for New Zealanders. For over 10 years, Stats New Zealand has been working on data integration, including the creation of the Integrated Data Infrastructure, or IDI, in 2011. Today, the IDI is a large research database containing microdata from a range of government agencies, including over 165 billion facts. To learn more, we're joined by Kelvin Watson, a Deputy Chief Executive of Stats New Zealand. Kelvin, welcome. Thanks, Andy. It's great to be here. For those who are new to Stats NZ, as it's called, or Stats NZ, as you'd say it there, how do you explain the goal? So um, StatsNZ's uh, vision is is unleashing the power of data to change lives and uh, increasing the value of the data that we hold and getting um, information out of that data. And uh, one of the ways that we're doing this is through uh, integrating multiple data sets together to provide a, a wide range of information. And so an example of this is the, the, the IDI. Um, and so what the IDI is, is designed to do is really to help answer society's big questions um, with evidence rather than hunches. And so we often talk about this as data data-driven decision-making. So it's about actually putting data in the hands of decision-makers so that they know that they're making decisions based on really robust data. And so what the IDI does is it contains uh, a whole lot of linked data sets. The, the data is de-identified and it's it's got data about people and households. It's collected from all over government agencies, uh, non-government organisations, stats NZ surveys, including our last census, the, the 2013 census. It includes data from, from education, social welfare, migration, justice, health, tax, etc. And so the, the data in the IDI, it's linked together to give a researcher a really wide view of life experiences of groups of people. And, uh, and researchers can then see how the lives of different groups of people change over time and see how things differ for different groups across the country. That makes sense. Say a little bit more about who the main users are, the researchers. So researchers, I mean, they, they come from uh, universities, they come from government departments, they come from uh, a, a number of places. The key thing is that the research has to be in the public interest. And so there's, a, there's an uh, application process that a, that a researcher will go through and we assess whether or not um, their research is in the public interest. And the end of, assuming we do approve their research, at the end it's about then the publication of those results so that New Zealand can use them. And, and obviously we have a role in that around checking the output, making sure that um, you know no confidentiality has been, uh, been breached or anything like that. And can you give us an example of a policy challenge that benefited from analysis of these linked data? So one example is um, uh, government researchers have used the IDI to identify um, four key indicators for children at high risk of poor outcomes later in life. And so what the researchers found through using the IDI is that these four key indicators were, were having an official finding of, of abuse or neglect. So you were, you know, you were in the system um, with one of those findings. Um, you were being mostly supported by government assistance since birth. So you're in a welfare environment. Um, you have a parent with a prison or community sentence 
And, and the fourth one is that your mother has no, no formal qualifications. And so what the research has found is that children who have those four key indicators really were at high risk of poor outcomes later in life. And so what happened was this, um, this work was used by an expert advisory panel to design a new operating model to address child vulnerability in New Zealand. Um, and their recommendations ultimately led to the v- development of the new, uh, new Zealand government's youth funding review and this year the creation of a new ministry for vulnerable children. Your example is a good reminder that these data are used for analyzing trends and relationships within the data, not for individual level service strategies. Yeah, absolutely. One of the key um, uh, principles of, of the IDI is it's not used for, for operational purposes. So it's not used to you know go and knock on doors of these children. It's it's about understanding what's happening for a group of children, uh, in this case, or, or you know, a group of people that the research is focused on. Um, and then we can understand what might happen for those groups. And so then we start to think about what might be some policy interventions. But it's very much at a, at a group or cohort level, not at an individual level. So, Kelvin, a bit of a related point. Integrated data are essential for looking beyond narrow department or program silos. But, of course, privacy and confidentiality is always a concern. Give us an overview of how Stats New Zealand and the integrated data infrastructure dealt with that. Yeah, this is one of the really key fundamentals to having the IDI and, and have it accepted as a as a place where we can do stuff and, and create that data-driven decision-making. So for us, the trust in our brand is really key. So, so the New Zealand public, they trust us to to hold this data. And one of the ways that we ensure that is, is we operate what's called the five safes environment, which was adapted from, from a UK model. And so what the five safes does is it, it ensures that that privacy and security is maintained. And so the five safes is about safe people. So all of the users, the researchers are vetted and trained in the safe use of data. Um, and if a researcher breaks our protocols, then you know we potentially look at sanctions there. Um, the second is around safe projects. So all of the research projects that happen in the IDI, they must be in the public interest. And research is restricted, as I mentioned before, to the analysis of groups, not individuals. The third is around safe settings. So researchers can only access the data in secure data lab locations. That whole physical environment is really secure. Um, the fourth is around safe data. So personal identifiers are removed or encrypted and researchers only get access to the data that relates to their research. And the fifth one is, is safe output. So researchers must confidentialize their output before it can be released from the data lab. And StatsNZ staff double check the results to ensure that individuals can't be identified. And, and so it really goes to, to what we kind of call social license, uh, making sure that um, the public continues to trust what we're doing and that we're holding their data and trust and making sure that their privacy and confidentiality is maintained. That's useful. Kelvin, tell us about some of the lessons that you all have learned so far that may be useful to other countries that want to build on and adapt the Stats New Zealand model. Yeah, the, the, there really is a number of lessons, and, and these are in no particular order, but um, the first is having a good place to house it. So you want somewhere that the public trust that if, if you're going to be holding all of this wealth of data together and linking it together, that the public trust um, who's holding that. So, so strong reputation, and this is one of the things for StatsNZ, we had a strong reputation as a data expert and as a trusted custodian of, of public information. The second is to start small. You, you know, you don't sort of uh, wake up one day and suddenly you're going to integrate 50 data sets from all over all over government. And so what we did is we started with a proof of concept. Uh, we, we tested that on some small research projects and, and a few data sets, and then, and then it was built from there. 
The third is that just because you can do something doesn't mean that you should. Um, and so, you know, it's one thing to bring together these data sets, but we uh, we continue to monitor public opinion um, and working hard to increase public knowledge, the IDI and, and benefits. And that really goes back to making sure your privacy and security is, is really robust. You know, the quickest way to, to lose the, the trust of the public in something like the IDI is to have, you know, privacy and confidentiality concerns. Um, the fourth one is, is to have a champion. You know, so, so in New Zealand, uh, the then Minister of Finance now the, the current Prime Minister, as, as well as the Minister of Statistics, really championed this a, a, as an approach. And so the government was talking about you know, a social investment approach and the IDI really sort of supporting that in the data-driven decision-making. So it was it was led from the top. It wasn't something that, that we had to, you know, go and kind of sell. It was, it was led from uh, high levels within government. And I know, Kelvin, from talking with you, another of the lessons was to prepare for fast growth of these types of data initiatives. Yeah, so we were amazed, you know, that the, the IDI for us just you know, exploded, that the growth was exponential. And so one of the things that I think anyone looking to embark on on something like the IDI needs to think about is is really taking the time up front to think about the vision and breadth of use and then working through what the building blocks are that get them there in stages. So, so really thinking scalably because in our situation, we started with a proof of concept, but because it took off, you know, we had to grow and scale with it. So thinking about a scalable platform and making it modular and flexible, um, having transparent processes. So when people ask, you, you can demonstrate the processes are and how it's safe, uh, the methodology for the linking and, and how you're going to bring in um, more and more data sets and the infrastructure that supports so really getting clear up front on how you'll grow with it, because what we're seeing is these things, they do just take off as, as they become available. Calvin, congratulations to you and the whole Stats NZ team for the resource that you've created there to improve outcomes for New Zealanders. And thanks for being with us. No problem. Thanks, Andy. It's been great.